0: Good morning, everybody. and Welcome to another Friday walkthrough. Uh, we enjoyed this so much, uh, last week that we're going to continue to do this. And I think we got enough comments in, uh, in from Twitter and of course from our text line, 215-509-5833. Uh, this edition of the Friday walkthrough, uh, you know, we were, we we're kind of judging breakfast and I still don't believe that, uh, Vince Quinn knows exactly what a home oh. fry is. Uh, <laughs> thankfully we won't have to get into that today because there's a lot of turkey. There's a lot of leftovers and. We're kind of going to judge each other based on that. And uh, welcome on in. Uh, we're live streaming here. We'll be doing this every Friday morning. Uh, uh, so as, uh, you know, my daughter um, doesn't wake up at, at any point in time. So um, Vince Quinn, uh, how are you? Happy Thanksgiving, brother. How are you?
1: Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, man. Uh, I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. I got to see not just one side, because usually with Thanksgiving, you're picking one side of the family or the other, and you rotate years and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. uh able to see everybody enough or enough of everybody i saw my mom's side of the family so that was for me uh then i saw dana's family we did that on the second half of the day so you know Thanks. good bit of family in a lot of different directions really really great time dogs babies the whole thing man it was good
0: <laughs> yeah it was it was very chill here we actually uh it was it was all split up i don't know if you're a big fan of the coffee and pie on thanksgiving yeah. but like that's uh nice. coffee and pie has to start the day so like where I'm actually overloaded with pie right now. I've got pumpkin, I've got pecan. And, um, because the Cowboys lost in such wonderful fashion last night, which we'll certainly get into here in a moment. I, uh, it was, it was low key because it ended up just being me and the lady. So it's, um, I I made her salmon. I made myself a little grass fed New York strip steak. That's way too expensive that, you know, it was like $12 at the grocery store and you just the one little tiny filet. Uh, but, uh, I, I, it was so good. I wanted to save the other half because the Cowboys, uh, are making the division an actual race. So it's steak and eggs, uh, for Thanksgiving along with pie. And, uh, I, and somebody requested Sunday sign up on the, on the text line. And I forgot to say that that's how I usually take mics instead of scramble, So that's what we're doing today, Vince Quinn in my Jeremiah Trotter slash Mel Reese combined coffee cup. And, uh, man, uh, I am jacked up for this because that wave that I was expecting it was a little it was a little mistimed a little short but it is here you know this is played out perfectly yeah we even have it with scientific proof on October 4th you know everybody's saying oh it's no big deal that that playoff race is going to have to be a wild card race because the Cowboys are going to run away with this division boom and I said no way because they always find a way to cowboy it up they're not healthy right now that's certainly a factor, but. Mike McCarthy and his game management, just everything pouring out from that wonderful brain of his all over Las Vegas and uh, at home. Embarrassing, an embarrassing, embarrassing loss in overtime. I can't be happier on a a post-Thanksgiving
2: day.
1: Well, yeah, uh, you said the eggs are sunny side up and so am I. I mean, what a day, man. What a day. Like, to look at Dallas – And see them start imploding, and there there was stuff about Zeke, and he's got a bone bruise, and they got to manage his touches. And this was all the stuff that you did worry about, if if you're thinking – or you got excited about, and Dallas should have been worried about. So yeah, they're falling off the cliff a little bit. And, And you know they're feeling tight. Like Jerry Jones makes everything in that building feel so tight because he's always around everybody. He's always in everything. He's just like, hey, Mikey, how are you doing? How are the Cowboys (laughs) today with Ronnie? You know what I mean? It's just like he's just in everybody's business all the time. And so I I, I think that leads to that blowing up. He said he watched
0: the tape last month, didn't he? He said he was sitting down with McCarthy watching tape himself. (laughs) What owner so, like, says that out loud? <laughs>
1: you're doing that over everybody's shoulder all the time. I think it just adds such a terrible feel to the organization. And that's why they blow up all the time. You know, part of it is he just constantly is forcing them into this box where they feel like they have to win the Super Bowl every single year. So it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And for them to lose like this, man. I mean, this division is wide open now. It's wide you're two games back. That's it. That's I
2: it.
0: Wide open. I don't think it's wide yes. open. I'm just saying yes. there's a the chance that they could grab yep. this division. I don't think it's wide open at all. Oh yeah. Wide I open would imply. Yeah. Like, what do you say? Washington has a chance if you're saying it's wide open. I don't. I don't think well, that's the
1: it's, case. Well, it's us. Well, it's us in Dallas. But that's yeah. the thing. I mean, that, that's why it's wide open. We can go and win the division, which is a beautiful thing. Because think the about this, right? Looking at the rest of the schedule here, because I, I like spent this whole morning just like furiously googling scenarios and everyone's schedule so and all that different <laughs> kind of stuff. So, like, uh, running through Dallas here, a lot of the games, they're playing the division a lot of the way here. but They play Arizona as well. Uh, we'll see what the Saints look like if they get some people healthy, which they haven't had. So that's part of why they've had all these issues. But if the Saints are healthier next week, you got the Cardinals later. All you need to do is make up one game. If you make up one game against Dallas and then you have that Week 18 game for the Eagles to go and, and tie up the season series, you could go win the division. So you need, can you make up one game with the easiest schedule of all time? Can you make up one game against Dallas the rest of the way? yeah, like absolutely. That, that absolutely so so that's the biggest thing here. We can get to the tiebreaker stuff and all that a little bit later, but thinking about Dallas sweating everything right now, man, I mean it's and for the Eagles feeling as confident as they are, this is the best place to be.
0: Oh, a hundred percent, like you have the the and not only that, like because of what happened yesterday be with the Saints losing. Uh, on top of that, you are almost pretty much guaranteed a playoff spot now, just based on how the wild card is going to go and shake out, because we're all extremely confident that, you know, this is this is a no-brainer of a, of a run here. You know, all they have to do is run against these teams, especially the Giants. Like, we've talked about that with C. Trebleese on Tuesday. If you haven't listened to that, please go do so. But this method that they're – they're doing it now and getting Jalen Hurts involved in this running game, which is a large part of you hearing all the running backs, what's dictating every single thing that those defenses are doing or holding up from. Absolutely. I don't see any defense down the line here where it's going to throw them off of a playoff spot. Like after yesterday, that's how confident that everyone should feel. You know, the Eagles are definitely going to the playoffs. It's just a matter of which now – can they catch Dallas? I think they can, too. I absolutely think they can. Uh, <laughs> Dallas is nowhere near a perfect team, and that's the difference when we get into these Cowboys discussions every single year, Vince, is that top-end talent is so great. It's fantastic. You know, we don't, we don't need to argue about Dee Lamb. We don't need to argue about Zeke or Dak or any of that stuff. They're fantastic. But the depth is never there it's never there for the dallas cowboys team to just overcome some things you know in the past that offensive line was able to hold up but you know randy gregory's not exactly 100 percent, and all of a sudden it the defense doesn't get as much pressure and michael parsons doesn't look as impactful even though he's you know going crazy of course you know doing a great job and all that stuff but yeah i i definitely think that no it doesn't even matter what the Cowboys schedule is they're just this is November and December with Mike McCarthy in it. Yep. They're going to lose yep. games that they're not supposed to. And and that's how this league goes, too. So I'm looking forward to it, man. I really do think that there's going to be no resting starters in week 18. And that's going to be for the division now. No doubt yep. about
2: it.
1: They yeah, can go win forward. it on that day. That's, that's what everybody wants, right? I mean, we talked about this right after uh, the game on Sunday. It was like, mm-hmm. hey, man, Super Bowl for us is like going to beat Dallas this year. <laughs> And doing it in a meaningful game. This is it, man. Like, this is it. You can, you can do that right now. And, and here's the thing. The Saints game, like, thinking about all the different playoff scenarios and just how this shakes out with the Eagles and Dallas winning the division, right? So, yeah. Saints game matters a lot. It matters a lot. Because uh, you think about tiebreakers, right? So, first thing is head-to-head. Obviously, in this scenario, Eagles win week, uh, week 18. And you're tied up one and one for the, for the season head-to-head. Fine. Division. Right now... Cowboys haven't lost a game in the division. And you're hoping for the Eagles going on this run here. you got to win every division game. But common opponent is the thing that happens after division, right? That's a third tiebreaker. So right now, the Eagles with, – with and this is with uh, all the – so common opponents between Eagles and Cowboys outside of the division. It's all those teams, uh, Denver, for example, uh, Atlanta, Kansas City, the Raiders now. When you go through all those different teams, right now the Eagles have four wins out of those eight games – and uh, the Cowboys have three last game they have oh, left with wow. common opponent is the Saints. So if they beat the Saints, Eagles and Cowboys <laughs> tied at common opponent and they would be for the rest of the season. There's no more games left like that. So they could be tied for common opponent the rest of the way. Uh, you'd be getting into the fourth tiebreaker in that scenario. But if the Eagles or if uh, if the Cowboys lose to the Saints, you're ahead in common opponents. You're going to have that third tiebreaker. So it, it's a little thing. But it's a nice thing to have, you know, thinking about how this is all going to shake out.
0: Oh, yeah. And that's uh, what what I'm pumped about now is all you got to do is just beat a, a very hobbled Giants team. You know, like, I don't think as much as Steve trevor really believes Freddie Kitchens is going to be a difference in, in plate calling in this one or just, you know, whatever it kind of shakes out. You can, you can make any excuse in the world of, uh, well, they're – They're going to fight for this person or their jobs or whatever it is, whatever it is. It's Boston Scott Day, you know, and who cares about Miles Sanders or Jordan Howard or any? All you have to do is just give the ball to Boston Scott, give Jalen Hurts four or five designed runs, make him throw maybe 21 times, if that. And you should easily equal the output that you've been doing for the last couple of weeks here. So, you know, once that happens, Vince, and it just looks like it's going to be a bowling ball against Washington and then the Giants again and then the Jets fit in there and then the bye week where people get healthy. Uh, you know, play looks like he's going to be okay long-term. Everybody looks like there's the only person on the injury report coming into this today, as far as I know, uh, was Jordan Howard. And we, that was kind of like evidence from uh, the last game there. Um, I, I don't see them losing another game until possibly Dallas. And you should feel as confident as that right now. Right? Yeah. I mean, heading into this.
1: Yeah. Oh, dude, you got to be so confident about this team right now. Because running the ball is one of those things that it, it doesn't change all that much week to week. You know what I mean? Like your ability to just have your offensive line bully people and run the ball. It it just translates. So for the mm-hmm. Eagles to go and beat the Saints like that, you figure it's going to go the rest of the way. But I want to get back into the health thing for a minute, actually. Yeah. As uh, i sure my bagel doesn't get too toasted. Okay, so, uh, yeah, will, so will
0: you? By the way, will you not eat a bagel if it if it there's any part of like very dark brown or like you know the black charcoal or anything that that goes on there? No,
1: of course, I'll okay. eat it. Yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely eat. it. I, basically, understanding my food tastes and all this stuff, uh, I'm essentially a dog. Is <laughs> I just I'll <laughs> eat basically anything uh, like it's hard it's really hard for me to like eat somewhere and go oh this place completely sucks you know what I mean wow. like I like well, I like McDonald's I like Burger King uh, I like, like you know, a
0: fast food thing every now and And I'm just saying yeah, yeah, that's so, probably yeah better.
1: I would rather I would
0: rather go there than eat your cooking probably
1: oh, oh <laughs> all right well it's been fun John it's been fun Uh I hope you enjoy yourself but as as my uh, toaster oven starts beeping at me. So that's good time. Uh, yeah, but I, you know what I wanted to talk about real quick was uh, was health, actually. Did you see yeah. Sirianni saying uh, not fully committing that Brandon Brooks would be back in the starting lineup? Uh,
0: I, I did. Yeah, and that, I, I, I wasn't too shocked by that, were you?
1: Uh, I was a little bit. I mean, if you think of the yep. way that, that all this is shaken out, like if you could get Brandon Brooks in there and your lineup is Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, Kelsey, Dickerson, Mylotta – why yeah. don't you do that like why don't you do that
0: well because he's not healthy and the offensive line has been kicking ass and taking names
1: so but like, it's you when he's take healthy he can take oh, his yeah. time but uh, but they're not committing to him as the starter when he's healthy that's the thing it's like dude I like I know he's hurt all the time but and that's why you have depth like is is uh Brooks an eagle after this year probably not you know no, I, I, I I
0: very I, much I, doubt it yeah
1: yeah, but for whatever that is, man, I mean, you got to start him if he's healthy. I'm sorry. He's got to start. But it's it's crazy. Mm. I mean,
2: mm. to think
1: that you're I, don't yeah, know. I mean, come on, man. It's Brandon Brooks.
0: I I don't think you do that at all. There's no reason to because like it's clear that that's lingering and that's a whole different bag of bones cuz it's a pectoral injury this time, right? So that usually, that's a season ender. And, um, it, he's tough enough where he could go. He would absolutely go, uh, and, and fight with Lynn Johnson. I would totally see that. But you're kind of walking into Jason Peters territory. I mean, you're asking, this is the same argument. Yeah. As like you're, you're asking to pull out Jordan Myelata simply to put in Jason Peters because, well, I mean, he's had the resume. And trust me, there's no person on earth that loves Brandon Brooks more than me, but, Dickerson's been playing fantastic every single week and getting better every single week, and they're also catering this offensive line to just go, you know, hit the snot out of people too, which is which also helps Landon Dickerson's case. Like, if you're especially you just said it, if you're moving on from Brandon Brooks, then he needs to be there as an emergency depth piece, and what a great emergency depth piece to have if you do indeed extend this thing a little more than just, you know regular season run to the playoffs. What if you end up winning a playoff game and Dickerson goes down, you know? So I'm totally fine with Brandon Brooks not being the starter moving forward for that exact reason. Um, I I wish him the absolute best, and I do hope we see him on the field at some point because he, uh, he does deserve that. And in him and Lane together, we definitely deserve to see that at least one, one more time, even if it's just in training camp. But... um I don't know. Right. I, I don't think it's that big of a mistake, to be honest with you. If they, well, if,
1: well, isn't it if Herbig it on the it. right? It's, it's Herbig on the right. And Dickerson's on the left. Dickerson's been in for, say, Amalo, no?
0: Oh, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but even, I'm, I apologize. Even still, the um, I, I wouldn't switch with, with what's working, you know?
2: And I mean,
1: look, the fact that Herbig's playing as well, I dig it. I I dig it. I like Herbic, and clearly they do too, big old Herbie. Uh, but, man, <laughs> yeah, I like – I don't know. I, I know continuity is such a big thing, but it's Brandon Brooks. He's been around Lane Johnson forever. I can't imagine there's a drop-off. It, but I'll say this. It's nice that Herbic's playing so well that you are considering benching Brandon Brooks, and that's that's incredible. So uh, credit it's to not, Jeff, benching. I
0: don't think it's, it's even just, benching
1: for me. You I mean, he's getting – right, He's getting replaced. I mean, that like again, because it's when he comes back, it's when he's healthy. Like at that point, you're handed the job to Herbig. That's just a major, uh, you know, franchise altering. Like Brooks is one of the best franchise uh, free agent signings they've ever had. Absolutely, like, it's crazy. I mean, they they signed that guy out of the Texans, and it was like, oh, okay. I mean, Houston's like good, but not amazing. And then this guy comes in, and he's like one of the best players we've had. I mean, he's just like <laughs> insanely great. And do, for him to be that you kind think of guy. A,
0: a better, yeah. better free agent signing Malcolm Jenkins or him.
1: You got to go Malcolm, but I mean, Brooks is, is the second best of the Roseman era. Right. I mean, it'd Man, be like, I would say,
0: Mal- I would say in terms Brooks of. In, yeah. No, that's, I would say in terms of, uh, importance, Brooks might actually be the guy. I think I think he is the most important signing of the Super Bowl era, to be honest.
1: Ooh, you put okay. How do you put him over Malcolm? I'm just curious.
0: Because of just like how how dominant they became once he got became part of that team, you know. I'm. It's easy to say that you can replace a guard, and you know, like if we're arguing that like Nate Herbig is yeah, yeah, that's you know towards the end of this, like that's how replaceable guards are. Nate mm-hmm. Herbig is doing a great job in between, you know. An, an amazing tackle in a Hall of Fame. Well, two Hall of Fame players. Let's be honest. So Brandon Brooks's game is going to be elevated because of those two guys too. But like he was better than Quentin Nelson at that point in time. You know, like that was that's a you you can't find that uh, that often. You can find okay offensive linemen. Typically, you they come in and out. But uh, like in terms of talent and and timing, I think I think Brooks is a is a way more important signing. Malcolm Jenkins, yes, for, like, Chip Kelly. That's when he got signed. And, like, the what you got out of him, no doubt about it. In terms of the impact, I think Brandon Brooks might have, might have had bigger impact on the Super Bowl era.
1: All right, let's do this. Uh, I would love to hear from people, either text line 215-509-5833. That's how you can get in, 215-509-5833. Or just hit us up in the Discord, either way. Uh, which you can join the Discord, by the way, John, at Bell yes. and the Bird. .com. How about that? We got the hey. website fully fully established there. So bellandhebirdmen.com has everything for us now. Listening to the show, our autism fundraiser is right there at the top of the Eagles Autism Challenge. Just everything we've got going on. You know, we got a lot going on with the show. It's all at bellandhebirdmen.com, So you can go and check that out. Nice and easy for you. But yeah, a, a bigger signing than Brandon Brooks or Malcolm Jenkins. I'll put that out on Twitter as well. because I think this is super interesting. But Let's let's get back to the playoff stuff a little bit, right? Because here's yeah. one of the things. Going, going through all the different scenarios. We talked about Dallas a little bit, but there's a – thinking about the wild card competition. Say Dallas figures it out, right? They, or at least they stabilize enough. They don't completely bottom out. The Eagles can't catch up. Fine. Here's what you're looking at with the wild card. Right now, Eagles are in the eighth spot. Eight. They are one spot outside, all right? So ahead of them, you've got the Niners at seven and the Vikings at six. So. Mm-hmm. Here's the great thing, John. They play each other this week, so
0: <laughs> fantastic. There's no there's no better result than that. Yeah, Unless they, they tie, that would be bad. If they if tie, it would be bad.
1: If they tie, it's just going to be exhausting. I'm just going to be so miserable if they tie. But <laughs> but here here's the thing: is looking at that matchup. So thing to root for, obviously, is you want the Vikings to win that game. Do you want the Vikings to win? Because you lost to San Francisco, so the head-to-head stuff matters. And you lost that game, so we're rooting for the Vikings this week. Big time Vikings fans, always, always been a huge Vikings fan, according to some people on Twitter. Uh, but
0: <laughs> you did it to yourself. You did it that's to a, yourself.
1: It's, it's neither here nor there. Although Foles does stink. Uh, so looking at the schedule for those teams the rest of the way, thinking about the wild card stuff. Uh, here's the other thing too: you want the Vikings to beat the Niners because of the head to head, but also the rest of their schedule. They got the Rams, they got the Steelers, they got the Packers. So that's three really hard games. That's three hard games the rest of the way. For the 49ers, rest of their schedule, some of the some of the harder games, like Cincinnati, kind of, sort of. Cincinnati's dangerous. You never know in a given week. Tennessee, uh, so that's a good one. They play well, the
0: Cincinnati, Rams. Cincinnati, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Put some respect on the goddamn Bengals, please. Vince Quinn, my goodness, they are. They're trending upwards, my friend. That's a hard game. Anyway,
1: continue. No, yeah, no, no. I, I think uh, Cincinnati's one of those teams you don't feel good about beating any week, but, like, they're not elite. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I like Cincinnati, though. They're, they're fun. They're a fun, like, scrappy kind of team. You could watch them on any Sunday and, and get an entertaining game. So I, I like that about them. But uh, Seattle's also on that list, so we'll see. We'll see where everything is with Russ. I, I feel like he's just not healthy. Like, pushing back super early from the finger was a thing. And he uh, he just hasn't I, been the how same. How
0: you feel about that, by the way? You feeling you feel a, little, a little worse about Russ in the situation? I mean, it looks, it looks, it looks pretty No, bad I'm, out not. There. I'm not.
1: Gonna no, lie. I, I'm going to spend more time, actually. Like, I actually legitimately want to commit some time to researching what he's been doing over the last couple of weeks. I haven't been able to sit down outside of a clip here or there to actually Push watch the game. So, yes. okay, yeah, I'm going to watch the games. I mean, I think it's I think it's important, honestly, because if you're going to talk about mm-hmm. trading for him, I, I want to get a better look at what he's doing right now because obviously right now is just so different than what he normally does. So why and oh, how? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm still on the train. I'm still on the rust train. Let's not kid ourselves. Okay? okay. So, yeah, but uh, Vikings 49ers is definitely the biggest thing the rest of the way. Otherwise, like the Saints are starting to fall apart. Uh, so that doesn't feel like it's going to be anything major anymore. Yeah, you, you Carolina, who you got the game over because you beat them. So uh, playoff race, all things considered, looks pretty good. I mean, wild card and division, you're in a really good spot yeah. right now. Everywhere, which is like at this point. Because did you see the Acho thing that was going around in the past like 24 hours?
0: The uh, the Acho thing, Emmanuel Acho.
1: Yeah. So what happened was he there was a clip of him on his show, which was like first take, but not first take. You know what I mean? Whatever the hell that show is called. So uh, so he was he was on that and he was talking about the Eagles and this was from a month ago. So he's he's ripping them because they're two and five at that point. They had just lost to the Raiders, so it's like, hey, Sirianni sucks, and the running game sucks, and you know what I mean. Like he's just ripping the, the way we all were. We were all, everybody was ripping the team to shreds, and people are going back now and going like, oh, oh, Joe, you were such a bad analyst. You're so dumb. And it's like, no, we all felt that way. We all felt that way. Like he, he, the guy is totally on point, but everybody's ripping him because Twitter sucks. But the, the whole point of <laughs> it. The the whole point being that thinking about where this team was a month ago, where they were Mm. a miserable, horrible thing and nobody was buying Sirianni even a little bit. and Gannon might have gotten fired at any given day and like all that stuff. They're in great playoff position (laughs) in multiple ways. And it's just so unbelievable and amazing to be in this spot because like the confidence level of a a young team and a young coaching staff together getting on that upward trajectory at the same time is just like – it's awesome, man. I mean, just awesome. how much fun has this season been?
0: It, I, it just the up and down roller has been been great. The debates have been great. We've kind of started to waver a little bit in what we believed. You know, certainly if you listen to the post game show, I'm just going like, man, that was great, kinda. You know, but like <laughs> like I said before, I'm done with that stuff. Oh, and I have to make an announcement. Thank you to uh, um, to everyone reminding me about the blonde hair. I talked about it with Carrie extensively. And I am not screwing up our first attempt at my daughter's first Christmas card ever. So we will be blonde, but the pictures have to come first. That's the deal we made. I will go blonde. The playoff run is still here. Just pretend I am because I'm basically like, you know, starting to get that nice salt and pepper thing going here. But uh, the blonde will come. Just want to get that out of the way. Um, But I have one small thing that probably is not, exactly falling in line with, you know, the lovely flowers that everyone wants to throw. No, no disrespect, Nick. I didn't mean that in reference to the stadium thing. Um, but I'm, I, I don't know who's leading the offense yet. And I'm still very much in skeptical land of uh, JB over here in terms of credit where it's due. In ter- like, if you go back and listen to where me and Bobby Dubbs and Matt Marithea and Vince Quinn are all kind of like yelling at each other about you shouldn't give credit to to Nick Sirianni yet and all that stuff. I still can't because I want to point this out. Ever since we said Stoutland's the guy the most experienced and he's the run game coordinator, Nick Sirianni basically says that in a press conference. I you know everyone's jumping on board and saying, like, well, yes, of course, Jeff Stoutland, how great and how wonderful, and blah, 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 blah. Going on with yep. all this stuff. So, why Why is it so crazy to question what Nick Sirianni is as a head coach if Jeff Stelling is getting most of the credit and should get most of the credit here?
1: Well, uh, Doug, I guess, is a good point for you, right? Because I mean, my God, Doug was the greatest coach that ever lived, and now not many <laughs> people really think he was that good of a coach. So, no.
0: It's just and, the, most and the run game ever. held up. Like the offense, and that's just Statland again, two for two. So, uh, yeah. and no. and oh yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, buddy. Go.
1: Oh well, it's yeah. I mean, it's Statland because it's not just the running game, but the development of all these offensive linemen, and you know what I mean. Like he's just he does it every year. Stalin's consistent. That's that's the beauty of it. Like he's in a lot of ways, Statland is the heart of the Eagles. I mean, really think about it. like yeah, totally. it was him, it was Howard, Mudd. it was Juan Castillo. Those guys have just been the core of of the Eagles for 20 years.
0: I just, yeah, it's, a, it, no, it's, just, it's, just, it's just crazy that, it's just like, um, that, that he is that long-term, like he's getting to that Howard Mudd long-term type of guy, you know, yeah. and and they're still very successful in, like, that's the other part about this love fest is we want to give it to Nick Sirianni, but I still think it's Jeff Stoutland and, if you're going to accept today, then we haven't really got into it at all this week, about re-signing Dallas Goddard to a long-term extension. And you're still a little iffy on that, and I get that, Vince. But Avante Maddox, yeah, everyone agreed with that. And most importantly, everyone agreed that Jordan Maialata should be signed to a shitload of money. Right? Mm-hmm. Those are all yes, 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 the development. Devonte Smith looks like the real deal. Yes. Landon Dickerson looks amazing. Yes. On and on and on. Why aren't we saying sorry, Howie Roseman again? They're in a tough run. They're here. The schedule's going to dictate it. The signings that they have made are great. The Australia Slay is way better than Byron fucking Jones, and we have not acknowledged that as Eagles Twitter once, not once during that whole debate when everyone wanted Byron Jones. Howie Roseman's killed this thing again. That's what he does. Like, it's sorry, like he's ma- he can make major mistakes, and we can acknowledge those and yell at them because they're true, and also on the flip side go, wow, it was really great. How you got out of your own mess. Well, You're allowed yeah, to well, get credit yeah. from
1: that. No, it is it is his own mess, right? Because part of it is and, – and this is part of the remarkable thing about this team. I mean, may, they might have, for having the most dead money ever, the best record ever. You know what I mean? Like, nobody's been over Big 500. Big
0: point this off
1: season. Yeah, like nobody's, nobody's made the playoffs like this before, and the Eagles, they're on track for it. So for Roseman to do that, uh, get a team together with everything, uh, including the young guys, the draft this year. Yeah, like it's it is impressive. It is impressive. But I'll say this. The contracts like suddenly this has become the greatest young core. Milotta totally. Not touching my But like Josh Sweat, <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, he he's a I rotational He's a, he's a rotational defensive end right now. That's fine. He's he's a good player. He's not a great player. Uh, Avante Maddox is a slot corner. He's a good player. He's not a great player. Dallas Goddard has been a good player. He hasn't been a great player. And he's getting paid like one of the best tight ends in football. So, like, we're jumping the gun a little bit here. Two well, of those you, wait,
0: guys. Uh, wait, hold on, hold on. Would you have let Dallas Goddard walk or would you have traded him then?
1: If, if I had to pay him top of the line money or let him walk, I'd probably let him walk. Yeah. Wow.
0: Can't wait to revisit yeah. that
1: one. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with it. I mean, you look at all the wide receivers that are going to be in free agency after this year. You're going to get a third-round pick if somebody wants to pay Goddard like that. And tight ends are easy enough to find these days. I mean, look around the league. How many teams have a good tight end, like a fun, exciting, athletic tight end? Guys like uh, Noah Fant. Phan. Noah Fant's totally forgettable because huh? he's in Denver. But, yeah,
0: like, well. Whoa, 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 Not forgettable. Anyway, go ahead.
1: Yeah, but he's a good player. Is my point: he's a good player. He's just like sitting around, and nobody cares. He's he's like your tenth scoring t- fantasy tight end. But can he be a good starting tight end for your team and cost you way less than sixteen million a year? Absolutely. So, no, uh,
0: no is yes. going to get paid more than Dallas Goddard. More, and so is everyone behind him. So is T.J. Hawkinson. Trump, and like more and more, well, dude. Okay, I pay Hawkinson dude. before I pay Goddard. Well, yeah, of course, of course, but like that's yeah. how it was in college too, and so on and so on. I don't think that Kyle Pitts is not having a good time in down in Atlanta right now. Uh, the no, it from yeah, uh, OJ uh, o. Howard, who I thought was going to be amazing. Yep, Nothing. Uh, the the dude from Tennessee, Janua uh, Smith, is that his
1: name? Oh, John, I can't John Smith. He's he's a, he's a Patriot now.
0: Oh right, right. That didn't work out at all, and that's why he is a Patriot now. So like. It's it's a I, I don't I don't I, I think you're dead wrong. Yeah, I I think it's really hard right now to replace tight ends in good spots. The problem is people overdraft them over time, like Kyle Pitts, like O.J. Howard, because they think it's going to fit in right away. And I'll even include J.J. Hawkins in that. But mm-hmm. from now on, Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith are the focal points because they're their only focal points. And just like you and I've been yelling all season. Go get Allen Robinson or somebody else to really booster this offense. And I actually think that'll make Jalen Hurts be more comfortable in the passing game. They just need one more wide receiver. It's, it's very clear that the same steps that Dallas took to build all that stuff up with these guys down there, it would totally work here. So yeah. go, get, no, him. go a- get go get a Mari Cooper <laughs> or whoever Look. it is.
1: It, it, my, my problem with the Goddard thing is on some level it was like, okay, everybody thought Dallas Goddard was a good tight end, we weren't sure exactly what he was, Ertz has been here forever plus Goddard's had some injury stuff like I mean, what's his yeah. best season yardage wise? Like 550 yards?
0: Oh, you know there's I mean? been yards again,
1: my goodness Yeah, damn right, damn right we're talking about yards, but, here, but here's the <laughs> thing, it's like people use the contract to verify that he is a great player, when the contract's projecting that he can be a great player and that's the problem
0: you have to do that now we we yell and complain about paying people for like oh you're paying them for what they did and not what they're doing that's how it used to be and like you would have so much salary cap for a player that's just dead weight so instead now you pay that player based on expectation, and that way you don't have to enter that third contract which you already did by the time that they're like 27 28 29 whatever it is, I I like it this way. I like that you have to go prove it, but I understand your concern based on they might not use him a ton or he's easily replaceable. I just don't think he's that replaceable. I think he's a a way, way more talented tight end than we give him credit for. Zach Hertz was just kind of here.
1: Yeah, see, I think he's talented, but I just – I don't know. I I – I don't think it was a shoe in that he's worth all the money. So for people like, I, again, it's for me. It's like a lot of people just use this to go, "Well, he got the contract, so clearly he's great." When it's no, he got the contract, he could be great, but this is it is a leap and it is a projection. And right now, I'm not buying it. So that's just that's just all where right. I'm at. Like, Maddox well, then is fine. That's fine.
0: Maddox and, is fine. And then you won't then you won't buy Howie Roseman being okay either. Then because that's and that's that's fair too. I'm not saying you can't feel that way as well. And uh, I I think everybody's wrong. <laughs> Again, you know, like, just as it were about Jalen Hurts, just as they were about what this season actually meant, just like they were wrong about various play, and so on and so on and so on. And just, you know, we were always right and forget all the, the, the wrong things we said, basically is what I'm trying to tell you.
1: Yeah, no, Howie has big wins and big misses, and they all mix together all the time, and so it's just like a big, complicated mess with him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, generally, Part I think Howie... He's, a, he's an above-average general manager, and for this team, if I mean, if they make the playoffs with a coach that nobody knew anything about and Sirianni does turn out to be competent, then, yeah, like this, this is going to be a very different conversation about what Roseman is based on what he was last year to everybody, which was <laughs> like number one. Oh, so,
0: and you, it, you said something that, that I actually do want a definition for because I don't, I don't know what the bar is yet. What does mm-hmm. confident mean when it comes to Nick Sirianni? Is this confidence? So-
2: Kind of, sort
1: of. You know, like right now, this is – I would say this is competent because he's got the best element of the team. He's leaning into that, and now he's limited the quarterback and all that stuff. Like the, the, the thing we've talked about a million times with the offense that you run for a starting quarterback that's a younger guy. They're doing that now. Everybody in the history of the world has done this. The Eagles are able to do this incredibly well because the line is great. Awesome. Love all that. But here's the thing for me. He's a wide receivers coach. He's a wide receivers coach. Passing offense sucks. It's bad. Like, not even talking about Hurts as a passer. That's a different thing. It's what are the plays that they're calling? What are the routes that they're running? What things work for the Eagles again and again in the passing game? Not much. Not much. So when the offense looks like that passing-wise, that's the thing for me. If he figures out, like, the the whole test now is can he build a passing offense in the second half of the season that complements Mm -hmm. the proper running offense? If he can do that, he's a good coach. He's a good coach, you know? If you can't do that, it's probably not a good coach.
0: Yeah, and that one mystery that we kind of keep missing as a fan base is why is that Devontae-Hertz connection so great? Late third quarter, late fourth quarter, that whole stretch, but for some reason you can't get them going in the first couple of quarters, and maybe that's because let's just go pound the football and get a 14-point lead and deal with the rest later. I totally understand that part of it, but I think Greg Cosell made a made an excellent point this week and saying that you're going to have to find some form of long-term passing game. And everyone's favorite thing to do right now is be like, hey, this is like Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. And, like, that's all fine and well and good. But Lamar's a different – Lamar's a totally different athlete. And I'm actually getting annoyed that, like, that keeps coming up. The formations and what they've done in the running game, absolutely. Take from the Baltimore Ravens as much as you possibly want to from, you know, power tackles and things they have. But, again, most of the stuff that they're running is still just out style concepts that we've seen for a long time it's wham it's pole it's you know there's there's some different wrinkles in there, whatever so i'm I am over maybe they even throw it into the Giants game because it is you can do anything to this defense you can do anything to this football team if you have a comfortable lead and want to want to try some new passing concepts. I think this is a good team to do it against if you want to start there, but they need to they do need to find. Something long-term that does work, absolutely. And uh, yeah, that's, that, cool. that's competence for me, too. I agree.
1: Yeah, so they got to figure that out. And it's the stuff that we've talked about. I mean, they had that play uh, against the Saints where, hey, Devontae Smith's on the outside. There's two guys that basically set a pick for him. He's open in the middle yep. of the field. Run that a lot. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's,
0: yeah, it's, it's just, exactly. Like, why, why don't just – that's the bread and butter of the passing game?
1: Question mark? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I hate to do this, but – We've all played Madden, haven't we? That, like, don't oh, you have no. five? Yes, yes, 100%. You don't have like five calls in your playbook that you're just like, I'm going to run these plays. You know what I mean? Like yes. certain moments. I then like, play, I
0: I play action scene. Done. Seven there you go. Every time.
1: There you go. See, like <laughs> whatever it is. But we all had them. We all had them. The Eagles don't have that yet. Like, so they got to figure those things out still. But once they get those, they'll be fine. And this is the schedule to do it. And again, like all this primes them to have this figured out by the time they're a playoff team because it's happening.
3: Ah, playoffs are
0: coming. Um, I I really do hope everyone enjoys their Sunday. I hope it's with us at the Henry James Saloon because I know you're in town. Don't tell me you're (laughs) not in town. I know you're in town because you're back here for Thanksgiving. If you're not with us on Sunday for the Giants game, I tell you what, if we can fill the bar, if there is at least 10 people that walk in and say, I came here to see John Barcher get his hair dye- dyed blonde, yeah. I will do it then and upset Karen. That's how much I love you. I will do that immediately at the bar if you show up. But you have to say, I came here to see John's hair uh, gets blonde, and that does not include crew members, uh, whatsoever. Uh, but we, we do hope you're with us for the Giants game in whatever capacity through the live stream, uh, at the Henry James Saloon in Roxborough, 577 Jamestown Avenue, one of the best cheesesteaks and wing spots in the city. And there will be free, 100% free liquid cans throughout the entire game. As I, uh, if you're watching on the live stream, I'm rotating it like there's a, uh, you know, We got one of those fancy uh, rotator things you see on QVC. But uh, Liquid Death is one of the best waters, period, period, from the Alps. That is just a true statement from my taste buds to your ears. Uh, Vince can confirm that, whether it's the bubbly stuff, whether it's the flat stuff, it's just fantastic water. The best part about it, it comes in a 16.9-ounce can that looks like a beer at the bar. So if you don't feel like drinking and you don't want to look like a wuss or whatever it is, you just don't feel like being a part of it hell being hung over on like thanksgiving post post nothing but liquid death for you because uh uh it it is the coolest looking can in the land it's got the flaming skull it's very punk rock it literally says liquid death on the can. there have been people by the way that have been stopped for this i don't know if i told you that did we say this on the last podcast but like one of our clients at dunkin donuts literally turned her car around through the drive-through and went one more time because she didn't she was like hey this is just water. <laughs> Don't want you to think I'm drinking at 8 a.m. Cops beginning, you know, pulling you over and saying like, hey, we said you were drinking stuff. It's that cool looking. It is that eye-catching and eye-stopping. And it has like the best water available in that can for you. 100% recyclable, unlike those other shitty plastic bell water companies that just fill the earth with crap. This one actually comes back, is reusable. And one of the best reasons why we're partnering with Liquid Death, just go to liquiddeath.com bell. Shaves you uh, a free shipping on every case that you buy. Helps really support the podcast and them. Mike comes on one month. We love them. They love us. That is why uh, it is liquid for us always and forever, Vince Quinn. So,
1: Well very yeah, excited. And by the way, uh, let me tell you this, John. I gave it away as a gift for a baby shower last week. And it was a hit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Please tell me there's video or pictures of that somewhere.
1: I wish there – well, you know what happened? So the baby shower was the family that I saw yesterday for Thanksgiving. So I went over there for Thanksgiving yesterday – they still had a couple of cans and they just kept talking about with death constantly. But like, I, but wait, it's just water. Yes. It's just, like, it's so funny how, how many times you have to say to everybody. like, yes, it's just water. It's They're water. like, are you sure? I'm like, yes. What do you mean? I'm not just going gonna, gonna to lie to you and tell you it's, it's like, give you malt liquor. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's water. It's water. Yes. You could drink it. It's fine. So, uh, fine. yeah. Well, there,
0: and it's, and, it's, and it, funny. the funny thing is speaking of that too, real quick. I mm-hmm. sometimes stop myself if there's not like, you know, fresh water around, and I've used this for in the baby bottles because it's just cold and it's refreshing and it's there. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> I go, should I be doing this? Oh, right, it's just water. Same mm-hmm. same thing, that's why the can's so freaking awesome and uh, delicious at the same time. So, um, uh, yeah, also delicious Vince Quinn's house as he's whopping on that bagel. Uh, we've had chicken yep. eggs today. It's been a, a, a great walkthrough uh, once again. This was supposed to just be 20, 30 minutes, but again, we get, get talking on all these great stuff, and we end up with a, a full-on pod, and that's fantastic. Um, I, uh, we appreciate the support on, on everything that uh, we do, including the newsletter, all that stuff. Um, BellintheBirdman.com. Thank you to Vince Quinn for finally figuring all that stuff out. It just goes right to our link tree. Everything we talk about, the our Eagle Autism Foundation push, uh, ordering shirts. Making sure you can become a member of the Bell and the Birdman crew. All that stuff. Just go to bellandthebirdman.com. It's all laid out for you. And uh, we love hearing from you. We'll see you at the Henry James Saloon on Sunday. Vince Quinn, any final thoughts before we get out of here, buddy?
1: Jeremy and Jose are coming up after the music. Make sure you stick around for that.
0: Thank you to to John B. on uh, YouTube and Joe... Conti uh, for watching on YouTube as well. Joe Sullivan. Uh, appreciate that. And uh, thank you to you guys, uh, as always, for listening to the pod right here at Thanks for Liquid that. Bye-bye, everybody. We'll see you on Sunday.
2: Welcome back to another Eagles History Corner with your guys from Bigger Than the Game podcast. I'm Jeremy Dove with my tag team partner, Jose Ruiz. What's going on, Jose?
3: My brother there. I mean, how you doing, man?
2: Good, good. So we got Eagles Giants this week. Ooh. Always an intense rivalry. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Always. And Jose, there's been a lot of miracle at the Meadowlands games. You know, we look at from Herm Edwards to B. West to Deshaun's punt return. But there's one in particular that kind of people forget. And we're going all the way back to November 1988 for this one.
3: Yeah, this was. And again, like if you rewatch this game, look at all those names on that Giants defense. And even on offense, you got Phil Sins, bravaro, you know, and even if the, you look at the Eagle side, you know, you got Randall, you got Chris Carter. Who remember, yeah. like, Chris Carter used to play for the Eagles, obviously. You got Reggie, Jerome, all those guys on defense, Eric Allen. So there was a lot of tons of tons of names in this game.
2: And this was a big battle for the division title. The Eagles and Giants were neck and neck for it. And it was awesome to see that this was a classic NFC East Eagles-Giants game. Jose wound up going to overtime, 17-17, and the Eagles are in Giant territory. And good old Luis Ndejas is out to kick this game-winning field goal. And things kind of get a little bizarre after that.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's ready to kick the field goal. I believe it was like a 38-yard field goal, something like that. So it was a makeable kick. And then all of a sudden, you hear it in the broadcast, Mac, the ball gets blocked. What happens after that there?
2: But all of a sudden, Clyde Simmons, the very underrated Clyde Simmons. Very
3: underrated Clyde Simmons.
2: Who, great defensive end, was out there on special teams, picks up the ball behind the line of scrimmage, and from the 15-yard line winds up rumbling, bumbling, stumbling into the end zone. Almost fumbles. Almost fumbles for the touchdown to give the Eagles the win. Bill Parcells comes out. He's arguing the call. He's saying that you can't advance the ball.
3: And I don't, I don't know what was sweeter—the win or watching Parcells f- literally freaking out on. The it was rest. great,
2: and then hearing you know Madden and Summerall were doing the game, and Madden trying to explain it. It was awesome, and something that people forget—you know—the Eagles wound up winning the division that year, their first time winning the division since 1980. And this game had a big reason why they wound up winning it in '88. Getting past the Giants, you know, having that tiebreaker to get them to be division champs in 88 was huge. And this game, this Clyde Simmons return on this blocked Luis and Deha's field goal is a part that people don't look at as a major turning point for the Buddy Ryan era right. and for the Eagles in 1988.
3: Yeah, it was a big springboard, as they say, into like what the success that came from that Buddy Ryan era in 88, 89, early 90s, and then what happened after that as well. So Now, this was a huge win, a game that people do forget about because we always talk about, again, like you mentioned, Herman Edwards, Brian Westbrook, and obviously Deshaun Jackson. But this was, again, one of those miracles in the Yeah.
2: So remember, add this to that list of miracles. Clyde Simmons needs to be right with those other names. So for the man, the myth, the legend, Jose Ruiz, I'm Deremy Dove. Check us out on Bigger Than the Game with Deremy and Jose. And keep on listening to Bell and the Birdman. Peace. Peace.